Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, what's the minimum expectation for the Atlanta Hawks this upcoming season? Atlanta United is baffling. And could Jonu Smith be, if he's not the X factor, the Y factor when all is said and done? Hitting Hard next, John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts. Now, Hitting Hard is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast from. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the Sirius XM app and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at jmch316 so what should forget what the roster is going to be who's staying who's going this any other luxury tax no luxury tax in a thirty-five thousand foot view what should we expect the bare minimum from the atlanta hawks to be now i posed this question on my radio show last night and you know we got a, a myriad of responses but here's my thoughts about this as far as where the Hawks need to be. And I don't care if, if they trade players, they, they gather play. We're still going to have Trey Young, most likely going to have DeJounte Murray and probably one or two of the other guys. And, you know, again, some of our bench pieces. Thing. So the roster is not going to drastically change other than they may be a bigger piece, that a more expensive piece or two that leaves. But other than that, our same basic group of players. I think a couple of things. One is, the minimum expectation has to be we need to be a top four or five seed. None of this play-in stuff, none of this, the regular season doesn't matter. None of this Michigas about, you know, well, we're just kind of floundering around and, you know, now we're going to turn it on late in the year. No, no, they need to be a top four or five seed in the Eastern Conference. There's no reason with their talent. And again, I'm assuming that, they're not going to gut this thing. And even if they do, they're going to have Trey Young. So, again, with their talent, they should be at a minimum of a 4-5 or five seed. There's no reason why that shouldn't be the expectation. And I think that getting to the second round of the playoffs is the other part of this. Now, when you survey through the Eastern Conference, look at all of the difference in coaching changes and things that are happening, right? Milwaukee, who's one of the top teams in all of the Eastern Conference, former NBA champion, they've blown out their coach. The Philadelphia 76ers yesterday, they let Doc Rivers go. They have been a perennial 2-3 seed in the Eastern Conference. They've underachieved in the playoffs, but when you look at what they have done, I mean, certainly that they have been one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. So, and, and by the way, Nick Nurse, another guy, former championship coach, right, with Toronto. He's been blown out. So when you look at the landscape and and Victor, uh, what's his name, Wenbenyaba or whatever, you know, he's not going to be in the Eastern Conference. He's going to the San Antonio Spurs now. So when you factor in all of these different things that are happening in the Eastern Conference and with the Atlanta Falcons, or sorry, the Atlanta Hawks as to where they're at, there's no reason why Quinn Snyder shouldn't come in here and make an impact immediately 
in transforming this franchise around and getting them back on track. Now, look, Quinn Snyder was only 10 and 11 when he was here. And I'm not telling you that, you know, who's to blame here, who's to blame there. I'm telling you that there wasn't a big impact. You know, even for the boost of having a new coach and we're listening to him and we're excited and all this, any other, and for all of the angst with Nate McMillan, they still were basically a 500 team. They were 10 and 11 under Quinn Snyder in their final 21 games, final quarter of the season. Do I think that Quinn Snyder can come in here and make a difference? Absolutely. I think he'd make a big difference on their offensive side. They were one of the more efficient offensive teams, even in Quinn Snyder's time here. So I, I know that they're going to be better offensively, but he's got to get these guys to figure out how to play defense. He's got to get these guys better on defense. And that includes DeJounte Murray and John Collins and everybody. Everybody's got to be better. And Clint Capella, everybody's got to be better defensively. For, for whoever, whoever stays, whoever goes, DeAndre Hunter, you know, you can say he's, he's, be he's the best wing player that they have on defense. Okay, that's like being the tallest midget. That's like being voted nicest guy on death row. It hasn't meant a whole lot for this club. So the expectations should be fairly high. I'm not talking about NBA finals, Eastern Conference championship. I'm not even putting all of that on them. But they should be a four or five seed. They should be a second round playoff team. Not getting into the first round through a play-in tournament, and then we get run off the court in playoff series the last two years. None of that kind of stuff. And when you look at the Hawks, it's always been, and, and this has been true for two years now, that they can play with anybody in the NBA. Their starting five can play with any starting five in the entire of the NBA. They can play with Boston. They can play with Milwaukee. They can play with the, the 76ers. They can play with the Lakers and Memphis and all. They can play with anybody, the, the, the Golden State War, whoever. They can play with anybody in the league. But I, I, for whatever reason, there's this mindset that they're not, they're, they don't worry about the regular season or whatever. And that may, listen, that may be 100% just perception, okay? But perception has the same effect as truth. And when you watch this team flounder around through the regular season, and not be able to get some things done despite their talent, then it does call into question about, huh, okay, why are they not better? And and why do they look better when they get in the playing round, right? You know, they've been one of the, I mean, and, and I hate to say this, I mean, I, this is like a slap in the face, I guess, but they're one of the better playing teams in, in all of basketball. Like, they've been really good in the playing games over the last couple of years, right? But that's not where we want to live. That's not where we should be living. That's not what we aspire to is to be a eight seed, seven seed, whatever like that. So I'm saying they need to be a four or five seed, be in the first round of the playoffs automatically, potentially host a playoff series, not have to go on the road to get your brains beat in, not go on the road and play in tournaments and on the road in the first conference. No, they should be good enough that they are a top caliber team that plays at home in the first round of the playoffs. And then we advance and then we go through, I don't care if it's four game sweep, seven game dog fight, whatever it is, but we have to get to the second round. 
Now, is that too much to ask? Am I being just over the top with asking this, that that's what the expectation should be? Because, again, you decided to bring in Quinn Snyder three-quarters of the way through the season and just plop him down in the middle of all this. And, again, I'll say I, I think it comes with they paid him a whole ton, crap ton of money, put put him in the range of the Mike Budenholzers and the Doc Rivers and the Eric Spolsters of the world and Nick Nurses of the world, all the guys who've won NBA titles, all the guys who have the NBA title on their resume that Quinn Snyder doesn't have, yet he was paid like those guys. Bring him in, plop him in on the bench three-quarters of the way through the season, not get a boost. wasn't like that the um, Hawks went 20-1 and one down the stretch. They were 10-11 and 11 under Quinn Snyder. And, uh, you know, we know Quinn Snyder is, you know, supposedly one of the better basketball minds in the NBA, one of the smartest guys in, in the NBA, one of the smartest guys around, period. Okay, can that translate on the court? Do they have the right personnel? Do they have the right people in place to translate all of that on the court? Does he have the ability to motivate this team night in, night out on a Wednesday night at home against Indiana, on a Tuesday night on the road in Philadelphia, Thursday night at home against the Memphis Grizzlies, on the road Saturday at... Portland, you know, these have all, these are questions that have to be answered. I've got my own set of questions for what Tony wrestler and this organization is going to do, but the minimum expectation for this team this year should be a four or five seed. And it should be a second round playoff berth. Will that happen? I don't know. But again, if it's not going to be that, then what's the point of keeping everybody around? What's the point of not just starting over? And I mean starting over completely because we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. And all the perfume in the world can't make the pile of dog mess smell any better. All right, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Listen, everybody's trying to eat healthier this year, right? And we're trying to get ourselves in shape. Still time in the spring here to get our summer bodies together, right? Built Bar's got you covered. Whether you like the traditional protein bars, the protein-infused marshmallow puffs, Built Bar's got you covered all the way around. 130 calories, 4 grams of uh, sugar, 4 net carbs, but the whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, though, you can buy Built Bar's a couple of different ways. You want to go online to Built.com, order your box of Built Bar's, have them shipped right to your door. Cool, you can do that. But if you're more antsy and you want your Built Bar's now, Head to Walmart in the pharmacy section, grab a box off the shelf. Head to Sam's Club and grab a box off the shelf. So whichever way you go, the brick-and-mortar route or the online route, get your box of Built Bars today, Built.com or Sam's Club and Walmart. You won't go wrong with what the taste and the flavors are in those snacks. I got to tell you, Atlanta United is going to play tonight, and they've lost four matches in a row, and they're playing Colorado. And, and this feels like, I don't want to say it's must win, but we're getting to a point where it's almost must win. I brought this number up to Felipe Cardenas covers um, all of things soccer and Atlanta United for The Athletic, right? And, and he's a very knowledgeable guy. Like I talked to the most three, the three most knowledgeable guys when I do my radio show as far as soccer goes. Felipe Cardenas, Jason Longshore, Kevin Egan. That Kevin Egan from WWE Raw. 
Those are the three smartest guys that I know. And they tell me about all the talent, how good this team is, the goal scoring, Yakamakis, right? Aruju. I mean, just, you know, Tiago Amada, on and on and on and on. They've got all the personnel, right? Miles Robinson's back. Uh, obviously, Brad Guzan before he got hurt, but top flight goaltender. On and on and on and on and on. Okay. But this stat to me is baffling about Atlanta United. Okay. So if you look at the top six goal scoring teams in MLS, the six clubs that have the most goals scored. Okay. St. Louis is number one with 22 goals. They are a plus nine goal differential. Atlanta United, believe it or not, is tied with the Columbus crew for second with 21 goals. We'll get to them in just a second. Columbus is 21 goals tied for second with Atlanta United. They're a plus seven goal differential. LAFC comes in in fourth place. 20 goals, a plus 12 goal differential. New England is next, plus eight goal differential with 19 goals scored. And then Seattle rounds up the top six, 19 goals and a plus 10 goal differential. Okay, you with me? Nine, seven, 12, eight, 10. Five of the six highest scoring teams as far as plus goal differential. Atlanta United, 21 goals scored, 21 goals given up. They are a zero. And I don't, you want to say plus zero or whatever, but a zero. Now that's a staggering stat that you're the second best goal scoring team. And yet you're not even a plus goal differential. And it's baffling when you watch this team. Take last Saturday. How in the world did Atlanta United get down three to nothing to Charlotte? It just boggles my mind. Charlotte's not a very good team, by the way. And they like Charlotte's contending for the Eastern Conference or for MLS Cup. They're not a very good team. And they're coming into your building. And we just beat them on their home field a couple few weeks ago. And they come in, and at one point they were up three to nothing on us. They ended up winning three to one. And we're not playing all of the premier teams in MLS and we're not playing all of the world's best or whatever like that. There's a mixture of all kinds of teams. And if they don't win tonight against Colorado, then you're looking at you're going on the road to Chicago. You're going on the road. Uh, they have one more match on the road. I think it's, uh, oh, gosh, uh, maybe it's Washington. But but they but they go, oh, oh no, Orlando, excuse me, Orlando. They, they, play, they play in Chicago and in Orlando over the next couple of weeks. And then they don't come home again until they play another Wednesday match. And I've talked about this before. Their schedule ramps up and amps up. And now they're going on the road where they did not play very well last year. They've been better on the road this year. But that's a baffling number because they do have goaltending and defensive pieces. But it's like at times, as Felipe Cardenas said, they just kind of don't put up the effort. They just don't kind of... Take it seriously. You know, it used to be in the old days, you know, when you were down a goal or whatever like that, hey, break glass and Joseph will be in and he can go score. And Yakamakis, you know, he's been really good, but, you know, he's kind of playing sporadically and dealing with some things. When he plays, he's pretty good. 
And, and Tiago Almada has been one of the better players in all of MLS. But they just can't put together any semblance of consistency. And I don't think Gonzalo Pineda is on the hot seat or anything like that. I, I think he's going to get plenty of time. In fact, I brought this up last night. I think he's going to have a really long leash because of their past sins of what they had gone through with coaches, right? I mean, when you talk about all the permanent and temporary managers that Atlanta United has had, it's been like six managers in the last three or four years. So they want continuity and stability at that position as far as their manager goes. And I don't blame them. Like, no good organization in sports is hiring and firing coaches every six months, year, whatever like that. You can't go down that path of just, you know, hire and fire everybody. You won't be good. You won't have any stability or consistency within your organization. But it's baffling to me how a team can be a, you know, I don't want to say prolific, but, you know, for lack of a better way to describe it, prolific goal-scoring team. They've got 12 goals in, in uh, or sorry, 12 in 12 matches, they've got 21 goals. But they're the second-best scoring team in MLS, and yet they're one of the worst defensive teams in MLS. Like, it doesn't feel like those two things should go together. Just by the nature of, okay, I get up on teams and get a lead, that you're not giving up a whole bunch of goals. You can play keep away, all right? There's no rules against playing keep away. At least with NBA, there's a shot clock and things like that, and you got to come at batters and stuff like that. You still got to record outs, or the clock is, you know, again, it's hard to just burn up clock if defenses load up on you to run the clock out, but they can just basically keep away when they get a lead. And it's just baffling to see that all these other top teams in MLS, plus nine, plus seven, plus 12, plus eight, plus 10. And here's Atlanta United fledgling around, and they're sitting at zero. They don't have one more goal scored than they do goals against. And it's baffling. And I don't want to get into must win and things like that, but we're inching closer. And again, I know it's early. We're only a third of the way through the season. But you know what? A couple few weeks as we add these Wednesday matches in, all of a sudden, you're playing three matches in a seven-day period. It's going to accumulate very quickly. And all of a sudden, that one-third of the season is going to be half. And then it's going to be 60%. And then all of a sudden, you're going to look up and say, wow, there isn't really that much of a season left. But it's baffling what Atlanta United has done this year. Let's hope they get a win tonight and get themselves on track because if you don't win tonight, you're on the road in your next couple of matches. And the road has not been a very kind place to what Atlanta United wants to do. All right, when uh, you come in and listen to Hitting Hard on Locked on Sports Atlanta, when you go in and listen to the podcast, we want you to go into the comment section or whatever platform that you're on and let us know that you're an everyday listener. So we call them our everydayers. But listening in every day, we thank you so much for being a part of our ever-growing community. Obviously, listen, we've only been around for a little bit more than a year now, but we've had huge numbers and we've grown so well. But we want to hear from you, our everyday listeners. If you're listening in five days a week, let us know in the comments section, whatever platform that you're on, let us know that you're an everyday listener, an everydayer as we like to call them. So Kyle Pitts may be the X factor for this offense of the Falcons. And, you know, obviously, look, I've said this on the podcast. He needs to be Travis Kelsey. If that pick is going to be of any value, he has to be Travis Kelsey. 
Now, and by the way, not this, well, 1,026 yards and two touchdowns in 17 games. Like, what's that? Meanwhile, I'm meanwhile, listen, I'm looking at Baldy's breakdowns on Twitter, right? Brian Baldinger, one of the best football minds that's out there, does a great job of bringing things out. Guess what he's doing? He's putting up videos of Micah Parsons. He's putting up videos of Panay Sewell. Could we have had Sewell or Parsons? Oh, okay. That transformers better? Oh, okay. Whatever. So I think Kyle Pitts has got to be the X factor where he has to have that huge breakout year. Not injuries, not three or four touchdowns, not 70 you know, catches, 100 catches, 14 yards, 12 touchdowns, right? Well, but Chuck, he's not done that before. Well, he damn sure needs to be better at it. He needs to do a better job of, you know, getting himself open or whatever he's got to do. Because we're not influencing games with Kyle Pitts on the field with 1,026 yards and his injuries and two touchdowns. But there maybe is, you know, a why factor in all of this. And I definitely think that it could be Jonu Smith. Now, when you look at Jonu Smith's numbers, okay, his best years were with the Tennessee Titans. Now, again, last two years, 27 catches last year, 28 catches the year before. But when you look at 2019 and 2020 specifically, 2019, 35 catches, 439 yards. In 2020, in the pandemic year, 41 catches, 448 yards, and eight touchdowns. His catch percentage in 2019 was 79 and a half. And even he was 71.1% last year. So if Jonu Smith, who thrived under Arthur Smith's offense, you know, can he be 50 catches, 600 yards, eight touchdowns? Brother, if he's that kind of player, and, and we're getting all these other offensive pieces going because, again, I believe the whole key to this offense is going to be what do you do in the red zone? I know they can run the football. I know Desmond Ritter is a smart quarterback. I know he's not going to have all the turnovers. But can you score touchdowns in the red zone? And Jonu Smith feels like one of those guys that can both hit you over the top and get downfield on you or be a red zone threat. And that's what I like about him. And look – He's a guy that has been probably on Arthur Smith's radar for a while. Six foot three, 248 pounds, runs like a deer, right? He's got everything along with it. But again, if, if Kyle Pitts has to be that X factor, I think John U. Smith can be that Y factor. And, and I think that he's not had his best years. And certainly his years in New England last couple of years, you know, I, I don't want to say that he was fledgling, but his numbers certainly decreased. And even last year to where he was only a 9.1 yards per reception player. When he was in 2018 and 2019, he was over 12 and a half yards each of those years. 12.9 in 2018, 12.5 in 2019. And peaked at eight touchdowns. And he only had one touchdown the last two years. He didn't score a touchdown last year and only had one touchdown the year before that. Arthur Smith knows how to coach this guy and get the maximum out of him. He knows what to do with Jonu Smith. And so if Kyle Pitts is the ultimate X factor, that he's got to be better, 
that he's got to have Travis Kelsey-like numbers. He's got to be a game-changing influencer, just like a Kelsey, Kelsey, uh, Travis Kelsey is, right? Travis Kelsey is a game-changing influencer. He's got to be that kind of player. But if you're looking for that kind of why factor, I think John U. Smith's that guy. And Arthur Smith knows what to do with him. And if he can give me 50 catches, 600 yards, even seven touchdowns, six, seven touchdowns, that'll be a big boon to this offense. Just, again, because I I, I know that we're going to still be a run-heavy type of offense, but if we can make some plays in the passing game, and I've talked about this with Desmond Ritter, there's no reason why he can't be 25 touchdowns. No reason he can't be a 25-touchdown quarterback. But Jonu Smith provides a lot of different things for this Atlanta Falcons team can do with his size and his speed and his catching ability. You know, look, he's going to probably be more of that tight end figure while Kyle Pitts is sort of hybrid, split out, maybe a little bit more wide receiver. I'm looking for big things from Jonu Smith. And, and Jonu Smith was a guy who wants to play for Arthur Smith. He's a guy that thrived under him. When you have guys like that, that had their best years under a coach. You know, I don't want to say that you can't go home again, but you can go home again. You can get in the car and drive home anytime you want, anytime you please. Hotel California, right? Anytime you can never check out, but you're sorry, you can always check out, but you can never leave, right? But John U. Smith, I do think that he is primed to have a big year in Arthur Smith's offense with all of the other pieces around him. He may be the forgotten guy when all is said and done. When we factor in London, and Patterson, and Algier, and B. John Robinson, and Kyle Pitts, and all these guys that we have, John U. Smith may be the best kind of surprise that we get in this offensive set. I think Arthur Smith is the guy that can tap in to his real skill set and maximize his ability and his usage and his production for this Falcons offense. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Chuck for your first listen. Be sure to go in when you listen to our podcast and let us know that you're an everyday listener, right? It's our everydayers. We always thank you guys for being a part of our ever-growing community. But leave us a comment in the in the uh, uh, comment section of whatever platform that you're on, that you're an everydayer, that you're a five-day-a-week listener to the program. So we thank you so much for being a part of it. Obviously, you can catch, um, uh, or sorry, you can subscribe for free or follow on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Certainly check us out on the Sirius XM app. It's a very cool thing. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. We'll be back with you tomorrow to wrap up the week. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 